This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A huge thank you goes out to the sponsor of today's episode, Plum Deluxe. So this is for my tea lovers or anyone who's looking to try new teas. I know I myself, I love tea. I'm trying to make an effort to drink more tea over coffee, but I've always kind of just gone to the store and grabbed like your standard box of tea. It's fine. It's nothing special, but if you really want to elevate the experience and try some very unique custom blends, I highly encourage you to check out Plum Deluxe. They offer bold caffeinated blends, relaxing herbal teas, incredible designs, dessert teas, which are some of my faves, really fun floral flavors. So there is a tea for just about anyone. If you are able to serve tea in your lobby or in your spa, highly, highly recommend Plum Deluxe. It is truly about those little details and these are special elevated teas. Every blend is made fresh in-house using only the highest quality ingredients just like our skincare, and carefully crafted recipes. They also have a popular Tea of the Month Club, which gets you free shipping and other amazing perks. I have been trying Plum Deluxe all week. They have so many amazing, unique flavors. Like, you have really not dipped your toe in the tea world if you haven't tried some of these flavors. They are loose leaf, which I find is just a whole different ballgame from your classic bag of tea. It just really elevates the experience and you get so much more of like a unique herby floral type of flavor. So it really is tea on another level. My favorites recently have been the lavender daydream white tea. I have been making like a little London fog tea latte situation. I've been foaming some oat milk, putting in a little bit of agave and having the lavender white tea with that. I'm also really enjoying the Huckleberry Happiness Black Tea. This one I like to do iced. I just make a big batch and keep it in a little pitcher in my fridge. And that way I have some nice iced tea that's so refreshing. It has black tea, elderberry, black currant, blueberry, hibiscus, huckleberry essence, so amazing. And then lastly, my third favorite, and there were a lot to choose from, but my third favorite is one of their dessert teas. It's the banana bread dessert tea. This has honey bush tea, cocoa nibs, cinnamon, apple pieces, calendula, banana, chestnut essences. This one is really nice also in a little tea latte situation or just with a little warm oat milk, super cozy. I like to have it with a homemade oatmeal banana chocolate chip cookie. So, so good. You can visit plumdeluxe.com slash tests and use the code TESS12 to save 12% on your first order today. I'll pop that info in the show notes for you guys. Tea also makes a really great gift, whether it's for your mom, your dad, your partner. It's such a cozy way to bring everyone together if you can be together right now and enjoy some nice self-care. So that's plumdeluxe.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And now let's get back to the show. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the treatment room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. I'm so excited to be talking to you. It's about six o'clock in the evening, which is kind of a different time than my normal morning interviews and recordings, but feels really good to be here. And I'm just so excited to talk to you. You know I love my my guest interviews because I learned so much and they're so fun, but I love these one-on-one episodes, so I really appreciate those of you who take the time to send your questions and help me make episodes that really give you the best information possible. I am all about lifting up other SDs. I want us all to be strong and supportive and successful together. I think if we're all successful, we're all less judgmental, happier, less jealous, um, 
And that's a question that came up. So we're going to talk more about that. But I'm here for you guys. It really makes me happy to be here for you guys. And if somebody's kind of on the fence of like what they want to do with their career, I think if you can think about what makes you feel good and how you can use your skills and your passion to help other people, I think that is going to be the most fulfilling job that you can have. When I think about all the jobs I've had and how empty I kind of felt when I came home at the end of the day and you know, I finished my tasks for the day and, you know, closed my computer. And I just felt like there was nothing like pulling me back to that would bring me, you know, back to work the next day, aside from a paycheck and doing things that were, you know, going to look cool on my resume and whatnot. But this is the first time I've really felt like so happy and like I can see so much longevity in this career. And that's why I really recommend prioritizing happiness over what you think is going to bring you the most money or profit because it is very easy to burn out in a job that you chose just for the money. So that's just my two cents there. Um, A couple updates. I want to give a couple updates in case anyone (laughs) wants to know. I think some of you like the updates, but we'll get into the questions soon. As far as what's been going on with me, I am getting very close, you guys, to completing my line. And my goal is to have that out by the end of summer. So I know it seems like forever and you're probably thinking like I forgot about it or (laughs) I'm not pursuing it or I don't know, drop the idea altogether. I have just been working really hard and grinding and there's been so many details and things that have come up last minute, lots of choices, lots of hard decision making, but also a lot of fun too behind the scenes and getting to build a brand has been so just so awesome and such a cool creative process. Really funny. I I recently came across some sketches that I made before esthetician school and I kind of forgot about this, but I was always so fascinated with product growing up, finding the best of the best. That's always been like a passion of mine, finding products that actually change people's lives and have an impact on them is, has always just like held a fascination for me. So I came across these sketches and I had drawn out all these products and I guess the theme was like coconut rose, which is so not the vibe of, of my line. But I mean, this was before I knew anything about ingredients. I, I just, I had this fascination with product. So it was kind of funny to see that. But it's really just crazy how one, things can kind of line up for you in your life naturally and you don't fully understand them until later. But I feel like creating product was something I was always so interested in, but I just never thought it made sense. And now I'm in this position where I have my own clients. I want to fill in certain gaps and it very much makes sense, not only from a passion perspective, but from a business perspective. So that is, that is, just really cool and mind-blowing to me. And also, I feel like, you know, aesthetic skincare, beauty, that was always something I had just a true fascination with. Like, I've always had, I've just always gravitated toward cleansing and beautification. Like, I would literally put my hamster, you guys, in the sink when I was younger and give her shampoo baths. I loved bathing my dog. I would give my little sister facials before we knew. We had this little book that was like, (laughs) I mean, kind of scary now, but like DIY skincare. And I was obsessed with anything that involved the act of cleansing, making something feel like new and beautiful and clean again. And, and, you know, that whole process 
was always really intriguing to me. I always loved taking baths and showers. I feel like I've always just, I don't know, something about that is like part of my spirit. So it all really makes sense now, but I say that because I want to encourage everyone to listen to those more childlike instincts and things that light you up. And maybe you're listening and you're in high school or you're in college or wherever you are in life, maybe you haven't ever done that thing that you were excited about. Listen to those instincts because they are really, really powerful and they were they will propel you forward if you have the courage to take the leap and pursue them. I think Anybody can be successful when you have passion. It doesn't have to be a, a, a classically secure job, in my opinion, if you don't have the passion for it. That is what is going to bring you back to work every day and make you excited and filled up. And I think us SDs have truly the best job in the world. We have a really complex job because it involves so much. You're managing personalities, you're managing finance, you are practicing a skill. There's a lot to understand about skin. It's very complex. There's so much to manage and learn in the treatment room. It's unbelievable, but it is such a beautifully complex job and the gift we have to give to others is really, really incredible. It is not this just superficial process of of beauty. And maybe from the outside, parents or friends don't fully get what you do. And sometimes I do feel that judgment a little bit, but it doesn't matter. What matters is like the phone calls, texts, emails I get from my clients when I've watched them go through this journey where I see people on day one and how like rock bottom they feel. They Some of my clients, I can see it in their eyes. They feel, I can tell how kind of hopeless they feel sometimes if they have tried quote unquote everything and you are like the last stop for them. They're just about to give up and they truly don't believe anyone can help them. It is so amazing to give that feeling of hope to somebody and to have them wake up and be so excited to take a selfie of their skin. And it sounds silly, but it's how it affects. It's not okay. It's not silly. It's not superficial because it affects not only how they feel about themselves, but it it affects how they interact with the outside world. I think so many negative things in life can be avoided when you have confidence and and happiness in yourself and your skin. And I remember what it felt like to wake up not excited for life, not excited to go to school, wanting to just like hide my face and feel like I should not take up space because I was embarrassed of my skin. Even, even like seeing a dermatologist, I remember how embarrassed I felt to be sitting there, to be in that category of of a medical disease related to my skin. I felt so ashamed and that trickled over to my work, to my dating life, my personal life, my relationship with my parents. So I think skin is something so deeply personal that impacts us so intimately. And I just wanted to say that because us SDs, we do a really phenomenal job and I think we are awesome and I love you guys and I want to help you be the best of the best and we're on this journey to learn together. So that is my little update. Oh, I have one more. I have one more guys and then we'll get into the questions. I was recently on Mixed Makeup's YouTube channel and that was pretty crazy for me because I am used to this very like insular community. And it, it was kind of like, I mean, I don't know. It was surreal to have that kind of recognition or that opportunity. I think I've had such like crippling self-esteem issues my whole life. I will never be that person who, um, you know, gets, gets cocky or like thinks they're 
too cool for school. I'm just literally working on being okay with like taking up space. So to have that public um, platform or to have that opportunity to be on such a public platform with so many viewers was kind of mentally hard for me because I do like to feel safe and secure and you guys make me feel like very emotionally safe and it I just always struggled my whole life um taking up space and like being okay looking people in the eye and having conversations and talking in public I always just felt like I should not take up space and I was not worthy I was not I don't know worthy is the key word and I want especially young women and anyone listening to know how much you deserve to take up space. You have so much to offer people. Um, So that experience was a little out of my comfort zone because again, this is my community on my podcast, on my YouTube. Like I know most of the faces and the names who comment. It's very much a community and it feels very secure and safe. So to go to a public platform where people don't know me, they don't know my story, they don't know the reasoning behind my philosophy with skin, they don't know why I choose products that are not found at the drugstore, I feel like I opened myself up to a lot of criticism, but it was a really good growth opportunity for me. And I don't know, I say this because you're always going to have comments that, you know, can make you feel bad or people who are trolls and this or that. I try, I try not to get too high on the good comments, which is hard because you guys mean so much to me and I just love our interactions, but I try not to get too high in the good so I don't get too low about the bad. And that's just, I don't know. I never thought I would be in this position of influencing people or having a platform. I literally started this podcast with my girlfriend so we could talk about skin and hopefully like talk to some cool experts and learn some stuff. But I never thought I would be here or have those kind of crazy opportunities. So I really appreciate your guys's support always. And yeah, if you want to watch my little nighttime routine on Mixed Makeup's channel, it's there. I, I did a routine that was kind of like more of a, a deeper treatment to do monthly, like a couple times a month. Definitely not something I do every night. And I don't know if that was like edited out, but I don't think people really (laughs) got that hint. They were like, why are you scrubbing your face so much? You're going to, my face would fall off. Um, so I was definitely open to some criticism on that video, but, um, yeah, it's there. If you guys want to go take a watch and Thank you guys for being there for me and for hyping me up. I love you. Okay, let's get into some of these questions because I can talk all day. Okay, here is a question I want to start with. How to not compare yourself to other Estes? Okay, this is such a good one because I could sit here and say don't compare yourself, blah, blah, blah. But I know we all do it. It is natural. What I'm kind of working on is reframing that jealousy to two things. I try to reframe that jealousy to love for that person and to empower me to be more successful in my business. There is There's lots of SDs, actually, I see on Instagram. And one, we have to remember it's a highlight reel. It looks like these people are just doing a bunch of cool things. And we're like, I want to be her. She's doing that thing I was thinking about, but she did it first. And we start to get jealous. It happens to me, you guys, because I'm mostly because I'm so impressed by some of the stuff SDs do. There's SDs with major, major followings who are making six, seven figures. There's estheticians who 
have the spotlight or who are writing books or making products or getting brand deals or organizing massive events or making merch. We are just really impressive It's <laughs> as a community. So it is easy to get jealous. And the other thing is that it's like most other careers, I mean, maybe it is like this to some degree, but I feel like most careers do not have such a tight Instagram community. And that is very much a thing with estheticians. I've almost seen the social media be just as important to to a lot of people as business or furthering their education. I think because social media has so much power and we think it's the ticket to making more money, Sometimes we can get a little caught up and too focused on the numbers. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but too focused on creating content. I am all about the content. You guys know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying content isn't important, but if it comes down to you needing time to really educate yourself and know your stuff versus making a bunch of Instagram posts when you're when you're not on that level of being confident in treating most people that walk into your spa. I think more emphasis needs to go back on the education. So that's one thing. Just social media has gotten so huge for estheticians. Now I almost feel like it's like an Instagram competition sometimes. And I I know it's not just me because I get a lot of messages about the jealousy. So I'm going to bring it back to those two things I mentioned, having love for other people and working on yourself. So when you feel jealous And it happened to me a couple of minutes ago. I opened my phone. I saw a really beautiful professional picture of an esthetician with a really cool opportunity. I'm not even going to get into it. But the, the picture was impressive. I was immediately like, oh my gosh, I don't have any professional photos. I never look that great. I never have my outfit together. She looks amazing. She, you know, she has this really cool opportunity Thus, I am, I'm shit. I'm nothing. Like (laughs) all of a sudden it's so easy to knock yourself and we forget about all the great things we have going for ourselves because we're just immediately thinking and it's a normal, it's a normal human thought. Like we're just thinking she's doing this cool thing. I'm not. So I am not, you know, as worthy. I'm not as successful. I'm not as cool as her. So I want us to work on something. And I also say this because I think the jealousy can so easily turn into bullying, which is not okay. It's normal to feel jealous and recognize those thoughts. And it's, it's another thing to act on them and send hateful messages or to gossip about other estheticians. That is one thing I can pride myself on saying. I have never gossiped about another esthetician. And it's not something that makes me feel whatever, any human, it's not something that would make me feel good. And it's not smart from a business perspective because let me tell you guys, things get back to people. It's just not a good plan. Um, So what I want us to do when we feel those pains of jealousy is, one, send that person love. And I promise you, there's like a potential friendship there. When you see somebody doing something really cool, try to channel that into like, okay, she's doing something impressive. How can I learn from her? Is there a connection like we can make? Send them a compliment and you never know what kind of relationship that can build, that can actually benefit you. And there may be something you can learn from them, but try to send that person some kindness instead of internalizing the jealousy and then sending hate because it will come back to you. You can just tell anytime you see somebody who has taken the time to critique or comment in somebody else's video, you can just tell they are miserable. They don't have enough going on in their own life. 
And they're not a smart business person because to be putting a message like that out there on a public platform is embarrassing and it's just not smart business. So I don't understand the trolls. If you had anything worth protecting and and worth having, you would never make yourself look like that hateful troll commenting on somebody's stuff. So send that person love. And number two, when you feel that pain of jealousy, think about something that you could do for yourself or your business that would make you feel more confident. I promise that is a way more positive use of your energy than sitting there and feeling crippled because you're comparing yourself. And it's really easy to do, you guys, because we are in this world of social media. We're scrolling, scrolling. All we see is somebody's beautiful suite, somebody's incredible equipment, we see them being so knowledgeable. We want to be that. How about instead you think about where can I take a class? Can I watch a free YouTube video that will give me education? Can I listen to a free podcast? Can I go buy a book? Can I treat myself to a business call with somebody who is going to advance my career? Think about what you can do for yourself that is going to make you feel better about yourself because that comparison is stemming from an insecurity. So I think trying to build yourself up is going to help diminish that insecurity. And it happens so much less to me than it used to. It still happens because there's, again, a lot of impressive Estes, but I try to channel those feelings into doing something cool myself that I will be proud of. And one last thing I will say on that note is you never know what is going on behind the scenes. Some of the most successful estheticians, you hear about their personal lives and how their mental health is deteriorating or they have this and that going on. So just remember, comparison is literally the thief of joy. Social media is a highlight reel. I have had times this past month where I have literally crumbled to the floor and like felt so not motivated, down on myself, all this stuff. And then, you know, I get out of my slump and I start feeling better and I start being productive. So it just, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So if you can stick to improving yourself and just loving, loving on other estheticians and forming relationships. It's so much cooler to be surrounded by people that bring you to another level that impress you. That's why I love hanging out with estheticians who have been in the business for years and years. And sure, I could sit back and be jealous of their treatment rooms and and their businesses, but that's not going to help me. It's going to help me so much more to be surrounded by people that inspire me and motivate me to level up. If you're surrounding yourself with people who don't make you a little bit jealous, maybe, maybe you should start, but think about how you can transfer that jealousy into a more positive outcome. I know it sounds cheesy, but it really is. The next question I have is marketing beyond Instagram. Okay, this is a really interesting question. I wish I knew more about what we were marketing. Is it a spa business? Is it a product? Etc. But I think what a lot of people don't understand about marketing is that And I assume they're talking about kind of social media, but I think people need to remember this needs to be a human process and like a human exchange. People are extremely savvy about picking up on things that feel inauthentic or salesy. So I think the best marketing approach is always coming from a place of education And giving people value and information first and over time building trust in you as a person and as an educator 
If you look at Narita Joy, for example, she's coming out with a product line soon. She has spent years and thousands of dollars in editing to make free YouTube videos and content. And guess how many people cannot wait to buy her line? It is going to sell itself because she has always been authentic to herself and to her community. And she's creating products that reflect her values. You know, when people pop on Instagram or influencers are trying to sell me a product, I just, I can't handle it because it feels so cheesy. And I think there is a little bit of an old school versus a newer understanding of how human our communications need to always be. And especially when it comes to product, because if you are just trying to sell something to somebody, every chance you get, people start to duck. And I get in trouble with this sometimes because I want to help people so much. Like I have certain clients who will not even buy the products directly from me. I don't know why, but I could be better about enforcing that. But I truly just want to provide people with what is best for their skin. So my boyfriend was telling me the other night, I'm talking about this person who texts me very often, asks for advice. We were at Sunday dinner. They were um, texting me paragraphs and paragraphs, asking for product recommendations. And I gave them my suggestions and they just went ahead and bought everything on skin store. And he's like, babe, you need to enforce that people should be buying these things from you. You spend the time and it's, it's, for me, it's something I want to, it's, for me, it's something I could even be better about. But here's the thing. I told him, like, look, my business model is giving people value in good faith that maybe it will in somehow, some way come back to me. And I think those profits do come back to people when you truly just give and educate. So I would work first on creating platforms that educate and give value away for free before you hop on Instagram and start selling, you know, some product because there will be people who buy it, but will will they be buying it for 10 years? Will they be consuming your content for years. Like it has to come from a genuine place too, because I just hopped on YouTube, literally wanting to, you guys have heard me say this a million times, want to share my story and document esthetician school so I could share it with people like me who had no idea what to expect. Hopefully I can make some friends. And it turned into this really amazing community and set up for me later in my career where now I do have a product. If I want to market it, I will talk, I will just talk about why I love it, why I use it, who I recommend it for and the educational benefits. Now I'm in this place where I've spent years giving away value for free, like Narita, and I'm in the position to sell a product because I have a built-in audience that trusts me. I think that trust is so, so important. We cannot forget how human social media is. It's kind of why I love TikTok because the second somebody is phony, like it just does not fly. And I think TikTok is like the extreme hyped up um the extreme hyper version of um, a community that is just not afraid to say what they think. And I mean, TikTok, I think keeps us all real because you just can't get on that platform and like be about some BS because people just won't believe you. And I feel like it's a little bit more difficult on Instagram. And I just wanted to say that because I think it's very underrated, just trying to help people and give value for the sake of value. I was actually talking to my dad (laughs) the other day about, you know, marketing. He thinks I should go around to colleges handing out my business card and, you know, talk because he thinks that is such a great market for selling skincare. And 
I'm like, dad, I could just go on TikTok and have the same reach. And if I'm educating about something people care about, they will watch. So I'm not... I'm not the person who's the fan of the door-to-door salesman approach or being overly salesy. I think that's one of the many reasons MLMs are, I don't know, just a really poor business model because of the overselling. So if something feels forced and you don't truly love and die for this product, if you're, if you're, if you're, not obsessed with it, it's going to be more difficult to sell and market. If if you love it, it's part of your daily life. There are a million ways to market that product, whether it's TikTok, whether it's a YouTube vlog, a demonstration of how you use it, a live video showing the product and how you use it. There's a million endless options. There's podcasts. There's so many things. So That's kind of a long answer, but when it comes to marketing beyond Instagram, I would just think about you, what platform feels the most natural for you to share on, whether it's written word, talking on a podcast, visually, on YouTube, making shorter clips on TikTok, find, pick, just pick one that feels good or try them all and don't think of it as marketing. Think of it as sharing something with a friend is how I would think about it. Okay, the next question is how to find a mentor in the industry. I love this question and I would not be the same esthetician if it wasn't for the handful of mentors that have really just been there for me have helped educate and shape me who have taught me so so much. The best way, in my opinion, to find a mentor is through either events or taking classes. So for me, both of my mentors I found through taking advanced classes. When you take those classes, they're usually smaller sizes, maybe like 10 people. And the instructor for instructors in advanced aesthetics from my experience, are usually really, really passionate, love this, do it because, yeah, it's an extra stream of income, but they love it and they want to be there for your students. Going to those outside classes, I went to one class and it ended up Douglas Preston, for example, who's one of my mentors. I just had a facial with him today. He has helped me in so many ways I can't even explain. But I ended up going to one of his classes and I ended up being one of two students and I had questions. I, I just took the time to, I mean, it really just happened very naturally. I asked a lot of questions. I stuck around after, I think I asked him if I could like eat lunch with him. Cause there was like a lunch break in the middle of the class. I think I asked him if we could eat lunch and, and we just talked more. But try to focus on building relationships in those types of settings because these people really, I find like older Estes, like the one thing they want is to pass on their knowledge and feel like their legacy is living on in somebody else and they want to help and they have all the knowledge. Like when Douglas came on my live the other day, it was just so cute how happy he was to share and to talk. I could just tell like he was lighting up because he has all this expertise he doesn't always get to talk about. And then after he was like, that was so much fun. Like, that's what I love doing. And I was like, I know I can tell you get so excited and people love to hear it. So yeah, I think people are, you know, more excited to share their expertise and like have mentees than you even think, but you just have to express interest, take the time to listen to them. So think about that. Take those outside classes, Michelle Phelan. I feel like she could also be a mentor to anyone. If you take the time to get to know her, Michelle is phenomenal. Very 
Douglas and Michelle are very well regarded in the industry. And I didn't even know that because I was just taking, you know, some local advanced classes. I didn't even know like who they are in the aesthetics world, but they're really nice people. I'm a nice person. We just ended up talking and be super respectful, try to form a a relationship, ask if you can take them to lunch, buy them, you know, a coffee or tea, talk to them. And I think people are usually more than happy to answer your questions and be there for you. Events are another way to meet mentors. If there are, you know, post COVID mixers, spa events, um, trade shows, you never know when you could meet somebody or sit down next to somebody who could be valuable to you. I don't even necessarily think your mentor has to be like significantly older. It could be somebody you form a relationship with on social media. Why didn't I even think of that? Social media, you literally have access to anyone you want to talk to. So again, I would find estheticians you admire and reach out, start a a conversation. You'll find people you click with more than others. And yeah, there's plenty, like literally endless options out there. Um, There are also mentorship programs you can pay for. I feel like maybe back in the day, mentorship was kind of like, you know, just done to help people. And I think it's kind of evolved to its own category within the industry. There are a lot of esthetician coaches and mentors that if you don't mind paying for, they're just a phone call away. Spa Strong, Melissa and Royal, they're also phenomenal coaches. And I think they offer their first call for free. So if you're also looking for somebody who could be a potential mentor, give them a call. You can always write off these business coaching calls as expenses. They're tax deductible. So don't let the money like stand in the way of something that's really going to be a 180 and like a game changer for your business. That is one piece of advice. I would not go cheap when it comes to like expanding your education and your business. Be willing to invest those dollars and know they will come back like triple. So um, yeah, if you have to pay to find a mentor, you can't find one through local classes or just through happenstance or through social media pay for somebody. And I feel like, you know, people deserve, it's a lot of, it can be a lot of time to help somebody in their career. And if you want them to truly be invested in you and be willing to take the time out of their day to hear what's going on with your business and really be there for you, money talks. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes you do got to pay a little bit of money. And I mean, I've always paid to go to these classes. So in a way, I have paid. I've also paid mentors like Douglas to hop on a call with me. But I also know now that we have that relationship, like if something ever came up, if I ever really needed him, I could call him. Um, But also be respectful of people's time. And I don't know. I kind of think people deserve to be paid for their coaching and their time. Um, But that's just my my opinion. I think, I think you'll get the most back in the long run when you are willing to compensate somebody. Okay. The last question I'm going to answer is, is my skin purging versus breakout? Okay. I did a whole Instagram post on this, so you guys can go there if you want to read more details, but I do feel like it's an important topic to touch on. And so that you as the esthetician know what to possibly expect when you are working with your clients. Because I used to feel like I did something incredibly wrong when I gave my clients a couple new products to try and go home with and to hopefully get them on track with their skin. Now, the thing is, if you are giving them active ingredients, HAs, BHAs, retinoids, your oxygen products, or benzoyl peroxide, these are wonderful products 
And they are going to work and impart lasting change because they are turning over those cells. So it does take a little bit of change and transition to actually produce change in the skin. That's something to warn your clients about and have a conversation with them. And I feel like it is just It is so, so common when somebody is going, especially happens a lot with my clients that are going from like drugstore, CeraVe, over-the-counter stuff to Glymed Plus because these are ingredients that are 99% pure. Same with Is Clinical, which I also retail now. These products are fully potent. They're designed to be potent and to work. So It can be a little bit of a transition. I would just let your clients know there is a difference between breakout and purging, and it can be kind of tricky to distinguish based on the type of blemish because it can be more blackheads. It can be more skin colored types of little bumps. It can also just make like cystic acne more active. So if somebody's already acne prone, they might just break out more. If they were having a reaction you should be concerned about, it would be like stinging, itching, um, signs of irritation. Those are the concerns that you might want to reevaluate. Okay, maybe these products aren't the best for them. Maybe they're not right for their skin type or, you know, they're not ready for it. But if they're just experiencing a little bit of breakouts from products that increase cell turnover, that is purging. That traditionally lasts six to eight weeks. If we're talking about retinoids or prescription retinoids, especially, that is a whole nother ballgame that can last. I mean, I feel like for me, it lasted at least six months, which is a long time. I feel like more common is like three months, but yeah, tretinoin and retinoids, that's a whole nother ballgame. Derms don't even want to see people for like at least three months after they've first tried retinoids or prescription retinol because there is that purging or transition phase. So it's not a bad thing. It actually can be really great for the long-term progress, but it is just one of those things where they need to trust you and you need to trust the process and don't freak out and immediately think you've done something wrong if they're experiencing a little purge. I think the best thing you can do is validate their concerns. Do not dismiss them. Let them know that it is just very normal. And while it's not fun, it's typically worth it on the other side if they are looking to achieve specific skin goals. They just want their skin to be normal. They're not after crazy results. Maybe they don't need to go through a whole purging process. It really depends on on what they want. But I believe for stronger skin, quality really matters. And those active ingredients like your AHAs and your retinoids, those are going to be the things that truly change the skin. So sometimes it's tough as an SD because people know what they want. They want this like beautiful result outcome. I've even had somebody send me their current photos and like a Pinterest inspo photo of their skin, which is a little different from like a hair inspo photo because we all, you know, have our own process with skin and it can be difficult to guarantee results. But I think the best thing you can do when it comes to purging is really be careful about not recommending too, too much, especially in the beginning. Do not give them six products to go home with all at once. They can get those things, but you want to make sure you clearly lay out. This is something I do with all my clients. The days they can start things on, and even if that just means spacing things out three to five to seven days, depending on what it is. I'm not as worried about cleansers or like SPF, as long as it's not clogging, like things like that. But if we're talking about more potent serums that activate cell turnover and fibroblasts, you know, your retinols, your peels, your lactic glycolic salicylic acid, again, benzoyl peroxide, 
those can initiate a little purge. And what it's what's happening when your skin is purging is essentially that life cycle of the blemish is getting short or shortened. That congestion that could have taken weeks to surface is basically like coming up all at once. So it can be shocking. And that's why I think it's great to preface and set the expectation with your client so they don't come back unhappy because it happens. People get confused if they've paid a lot of money for nice skin and they all of a sudden have all this acne. Let them know it's purging. Keep them on a slow introductory schedule. I'm a big fan of cold tools and anti-inflammatory tools. Cooling down the skin anytime post heat exposure or just as a nightly part of their routine to keep inflammation low. That will help and that will help with active breakouts too. And something else I think is worth mentioning is always having a conversation about diet in a sensitive way, but having that conversation, if somebody's eating a diet that's high in, you know, saturated fats, they're eating like a traditional American diet, lots of fast food, lots of oil, uh, high in sugar, high in dairy, or eating foods that may not agree with them. Some people have a problem with super oily fish or eating a lot of nuts, oily foods, or they have an allergy to something. It can definitely come up in the skin. But I suggest keeping the big ones like dairy and sugar and super crazy like saturated fat or fast food, keeping those out of the diet when you're starting a new skincare routine because I believe purging can reflect those oils and some of those inflammatory foods more so when you're tri- when you're transitioning to a fully potent skincare line those things can stimulate that oil production and that congestion so keeping inflammation in the body low making sure they're drinking enough water getting movement walking plenty of sleep, those things can help minimize a purge. And if their skin is getting to a point where it's visibly, you know, overstimulated, they don't feel like they can handle doing what's recommended, it's always okay to dial it back a little bit, give the skin a little bit of time and keep the routine gentle until things calm down a bit. Okay, guys, those are all of the questions I have for today. I'm going to work on keeping these episodes not too crazy long so I can hopefully keep your attention. But thank you so much for listening. If you have the time, if you have 30 seconds to go, leave me a little review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That would mean so, so much. Thank you guys. You are my world. I love you so much and I cannot wait to talk to you in the next episode.